Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that I am looking for 50 people with Hashimoto's. If you have been diagnosed in the last 10 years and you feel lost or confused about exactly what to do, then I want to invite you to join me for a free training call on Thursday, May 16th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, where I will show you how to support your thyroid for your thyroid type and your specific Hashimoto's triggers. You will also find out how to lower your thyroid antibodies and how to get to the bottom of all of your thyroid symptoms, the weight gain, the fatigue, the brain fog, the inflammation, the hair loss. Please go to inatoppler.com slash Zoom call to register, and I will send you all of the call details. I only have room for 50 people, so please be sure that you register at inatoppler.com slash Zoom call and get your spot right now. Every year, thousands of people are told there's no explanation for their health concerns and no way to fix them. They feel frustrated, undermined, and lost. I know because that was me before I figured out the actual causes and reclaimed my health. Now, I help others do the same. I'm Ina Toppler, and this is Health Mystery Solved. Hello, friend. I am so glad you could join me today for another episode of Health Mystery Solved. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever tried to do something that is supposed to be good and healthy for you, like a cleanse or an elimination diet, and were surprised to find that you actually felt worse? This is not uncommon, and while it seems like it's a negative thing, it can actually give you some very invaluable insights about what is going on in your body because there is a reason for this and there are also ways that you can support it. So what is this it that I'm talking about? Well, it's cleansing reactions. They also could be called detox reactions, die-off reactions, or Herxheimer's reactions. Today, I wanna talk about these different reactions, why some people get them more than others, and most importantly, what you can do to support and minimize them so that you can cleanse successfully and feel great. No matter how hard we try and how well we eat and take care of ourselves, we are all exposed to some kind of toxins. If you're anything like me and have been working on your health for a while, chances are your toxin exposure is a lot less these days with all the knowledge that you've gained, but it is quite likely you may have had a lot more exposure in the past. For me, for example, I now eat super clean. I use clean beauty and household products. I have air purifiers. I have a water filtration system, but that was not always the case. When I was younger, I didn't know about these things and didn't have all of this in my life. I also had many, many amalgam fillings. Those are those silver fillings. And I got those back in my teens and didn't realize their negative effect and subsequently removed them until I was in my 30s, which was about 10 years ago. I guess I'm giving away my age here. But the point is the toxins are everywhere. And if not now, you've probably got your fair share at some point in your life. 
And then there are various infections from Epstein-Barr, which about 90% of us have had at some point or another, and other bugs that can overgrow in the gut, like opportunistic bacteria, yeasts, parasites, and such. And by the way, don't be confused about the term opportunistic bacteria. I know that that word opportunity sounds like a positive word, but when these bugs overgrow, they essentially take the opportunity to take over areas in the gut and do negative things and contribute to leaky gut and push out the good bacteria. So it's not a surprise then that cleansing out these toxins and infection is beneficial, but who wants to do it when you're feeling crappy from it, right? Some people are also more prone to these reactions and have a much harder time than others. And I've heard reactions that really range across the board from headaches to fatigue to sleep disturbances, gas, bloating, stomach aches, nausea, congestion, even flu-like symptoms. So why does this happen? I think there are a few reasons. First is that when your body has more toxins or more infections, there's more to cleanse out. And that will often contribute to how severe these reactions are. This would also depend on if you've ever done a cleanse, because the more cleansing that you do, in theory, the less toxins and infections should be left with subsequent cleansing. The second is your genetics and how well you detoxify and the way your detoxification pathways are working. It's really common to have certain bottlenecks in our metabolic pathways. Think of it as like a partially clogged drain in a sink. If the faucet is on halfway, the water will still drain for the most part, right? But if you turn the faucet on all the way and the sink is partially clogged, the water is not going to be able to go down efficiently and the sink will back up. So if the pathways are clogged, toxins build up over time. And when you try to cleanse, you are then turning up the faucet all the way, so to speak, but the pathways are not quite open and the backing up reaction is the cleansing reaction that you're experiencing. Now, the good news is that even if genetics play a role, there's still something that you can do to help, and I'll explain that in just a minute. And then the third reason is that some people are just more sensitive than others, and their body can't handle as much. If this is you, you probably are also more sensitive to supplements, medications, and even different foods. This is almost like a catch-22 because the toxins and the clogged detox organs can contribute to that sensitivity, but then it's hard to handle getting them out. Again, though, there are things that could be done. The important thing to remember here is that the more reactions that you have, it definitely doesn't mean that it's working better or worse necessarily. It doesn't mean that the cleanse isn't doing a good job or doing a better job. It's just how the person is handling it. But as I was mentioning earlier, there are things you can do to make sure the cleanse is successful and you're also able to tolerate it. And while there are tons of different cleanses out there, today I want to talk about the two types that are the most popular and most commonly done, at least in my practice. A toxin cleanse, which would primarily be a liver or gallbladder cleanse, and a GI cleanse, which will address infections in the gut and toxins that are stored in our digestive system. Liver cleanses usually involve herbs like milk thistle and dandelion and also nutrients like N-acetylcysteine and glutathione, just to name a few. 
They work by pulling toxins out of the cells and making them more water-soluble temporarily so that they can be shuttled through the body and then binding them and excreting them out. Typically, the more toxins you have, the more would need to come up, and if the pathways are blocked, the reactions will happen. Most liver cleanses always come with diet instructions, but I find that not everyone follows them, and this is super important. So number one is that when you are doing a cleanse that is designed to detoxify the body and specifically address liver or gallbladder, you want to make sure that you are eating clean. Now, different cleanses are going to have different restrictions, so to speak, but eating clean on a cleanse like that is typically removing a lot of the allergens and foods that are hard to digest. Oftentimes, sugar would be number one, and then many times things like gluten, dairy, soy, and corn are also removed. So if someone purchases a cleanse and they take a lot of different pills, but they don't change their diet, not only are they going to experience more detox reactions most likely, but the cleanse also will not be as effective because the body is struggling so much to digest these foods, it doesn't always have the energy to actually cleanse out what's been buried there for probably many, many years. Number two is you need to make sure your bowels are moving. And this is something that's important for all cleansing, but definitely for the liver types of cleansing. So if your bowels are not moving, how are things going to come out, right? Because when we're cleansing, you know, things come out through different areas, but through the stool is definitely one big pathway. So things that could be done before you start the cleanse are things like magnesium citrate, which just helps to hydrate the bowels and works really well and it's not a laxative and it's not habit forming or there's another product called oxy powder that I really like and that is basically oxygenating the bowels and it also helps to move things along and it's not habit forming so you want to make sure that you're drinking plenty of water and taking these things if needed so that your bowels are moving at least once a day before you start your cleanse if you're constipated and you start a cleanse it's just not a good combination Number three is to be aware of sulfur-based supplements. If possible, before doing a cleanse, check to see if you have any issues on the sulfur detoxification pathway. And you can very easily do this through an organic acid test. Because if that comes up, you may actually not be able to handle sulfur. And as much as sulfur is very important, many cleanses use sulfur, but if you can't handle it, it's going to give you a reaction. An example of sulfur-based supplements are things like lipoic acid and acetylcysteine and glutathione, and those can give you more of a reaction. Now, in those cases, I find supporting the body with a mineral called molybdenum and doing Epsom salt baths can be very helpful because it supports that sulfur pathway without overloading it. And then when you're looking at cleanses, you want to do more herb-type cleanses, things that will have herbs like dandelion and milk thistle without a lot of sulfur-based supplements if genetically that's not working as well for you. Number four is to start slow. It is very helpful to first start with the diet, especially if you're someone that's sensitive, it would be helpful to do the diet for a couple of days, maybe even a week, 
and make sure you're adjusting well to that. Make sure your bowels are moving and then start the actual detox supplement. And many people also benefit from starting the supplement at half dose for the first week and then slowly ramping up to the full dose. Yes, it may take slightly longer, but it's much better if your body is used to it and is working well than doing too much, not feeling well, and then having to stop. Number five is to find a cleanse that has a binder in it, or you can add your own binder. So binders are like sponges. They absorb things, especially toxins. And I personally like using the Push Catch Cleanse by Quicksilver because it has the cleansing solution called liver sauce that you take first thing in the morning. And then it has a binder that you take 30 minutes later. And so what it does, like the name suggests, it pushes the toxins out, and then it catches them so that they don't go all around making you feel sick. You can also add things like charcoal, clay, or fulvic acid, Ultra Binder by Quicksilver is a good one, and Biotoxin Binder by Cellcore is another good one that I use. So if a cleanse that you're doing does not include a binder, many of them don't, you can always add the binder and take that usually either first thing in the morning or in the evening. You want to try to take it away from other vitamins and away from food if you can. Taking these steps should help you when you're doing any type of full body or liver cleanse and should minimize those reactions and make it much more tolerable and more successful as well. If you are working on your digestion and have dysbiosis, which is an overgrowth of bad bugs in the gut, the type of cleanse that you would do would be different. Here, you would be using things that have antimicrobial properties. So things that are antibacterial, antiparasitic, and antifungal. Examples of these would be herbs like garlic, oregano, podarco, clove, grapefruit seed extract, and the like. And the goal is to kill off the bugs while rebalancing the microbiome. The reason it is common to get detox reactions with these types of cleanses is because in most cases, the bugs have been living in the intestines for a while. And they like it there. It's moist, it's warm, there's food going through so they have things to eat. Why would they want to leave, right? So when you try to do things to kill them off, they don't like it and they put up a fight. So think of it like there's a war going on in your intestines because you're trying to kill these bugs and they're saying, no, 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 I'm not leaving. This is a nice home for me. But even with all that, there are things that you can do. So first and foremost here, you have to make sure your bowels are moving. I mean, that's important in all cleansing, but here, especially if you're trying to kill off these bugs, then what's happening is that you have all this debris from the bugs and they're releasing the toxins themselves because as the bugs die off, they have toxins that they excrete. So you have to make sure things are moving because the only way that could come out is through the bowel. I mean, you could sweat, you could do saunas, that helps. But in a digestive cleanse, the bowel is really the number one way that you're going to release it. So just like with liver stuff, you could do magnesium citrate, you could do oxy powder, increase your water, more fiber if your body can tolerate that. All those things are going to be very, very helpful. And again, you want to make sure they're moving before you start. Don't do this and start the cleanse at the same time. At least for a week before the cleanse, you want to make sure they're moving. The second thing is the diet piece. So Bugs are going to be fed by sugar. They love sugar. And then also carbs, especially white carbs, are going to turn to sugar. 
So it is important to lower the amount of sugar and processed carbs that you're eating or else the cleanse isn't going to be successful and you'll likely have more reactions. What I find is that you don't have to eliminate every little ounce of sugars and carbs, you know, especially obviously natural sugars like fruit and complex carbohydrates, because you do want to make sure you have energy. There are some cleanses out there that say that you have to remove everything and eat no carbs and eat like very strictly just meat, you know, or protein and vegetables. And that can be helpful, but oftentimes the cleanses that recommend that aren't actually using antifungals. And so they're recommending it through diet so that you starve out the bugs. But what's interesting there is we found that these bugs are very adaptive and, you know, it could be all types of bacteria and yeast and parasites. They will find things to eat. So I don't really find it typically successful to do diet only without the herbs, just because people may feel better with a no carb diet and the bugs may get weaker. But the minute you put anything in your mouth that has any type of carb in it, the bugs will just come back. So it's important to use the herbs that kill the bugs, but you want to lower the amount of sugar and carbs that you eat. So what I typically recommend is you can still eat one to two servings of fruit. Yes, they have some natural sugar, but I don't think that will hurt. And you can have two servings of good complex carbs a day. So a sweet potato or some brown rice or some lentils per se, and that would be okay. So you don't have to go on just like a meat and vegetable diet but you do want to lower. You can't do a digestive cleanse and eat cookies or drink wine. That's just not going to work. Now, the third thing that's important here is to include something that breaks up biofilm. And what a biofilm is, is basically a layer of stuff, if you will, that the bugs form around themselves, almost like a shield. So you can think of biofilms, you know, when you wake up in the morning, before you brush your teeth, there's like a little film in your mouth. Well, that's the biofilms and the bacteria from overnight. The same thing can happen in the intestines, but obviously they're there for much longer. And the more that you have overgrowth and the more that you have the bugs, the more chance that you have of having these biofilms because the bugs form them around themselves so that they can survive longer. And sometimes if you're doing antimicrobial nutrients and you have a lot of biofilms, it may not work as well and you may have more die-off reaction. So what I usually recommend is doing some type of a biofilm product for at least a week, maybe even two weeks before you start the antimicrobials. There's a few different products on the market. One is called Interface by Claire and there's another one called Biofilm Defense. Um, these are the ones I use, though I'm sure there's probably others out there. They're essentially like enzymes, except you don't take them with meals to digest food, you take them on an empty stomach. So they go and start to break up the biofilms. Think of them as like little Pac-Mans eating away at the biofilm. And what they can also do is they can actually start to digest the outer cell wall of the different bugs. So that starts to weaken them. And so this way, the process is a little bit more gradual. And if you do that for a week or two before you start the antimicrobials, it's not as drastic. The fourth thing is you want to make sure your digestion is supported. And what I mean by that is you want to make sure you're emulsifying your fats properly, that you have enough digestive enzymes, and that your stomach is producing enough acid to break down the animal proteins that you're eating. If you have a stool test, and you've done a stool test before, that will accurately show you what you need. If you don't have stool test results and you're doing this on your own, you can start with a digestive enzyme. Even if you're not that low, during a cleanse, it will never hurt and it will only help. 
If you find that you have trouble when you eat foods that are more fatty, then you may want to do bitters, which helps to emulsify the fats. And if you ever feel like you're gassy, you're bloated, and food sits in your stomach, especially if you have a heavier animal protein like a steak and it feels like it's a brick in your stomach, there's very likely a chance that you are low in stomach acid and doing something like a betaine HCL, which helps to boost stomach acid, is going to be helpful. And in a lot of cases, people may be low in all of those things. So a lot of my clients, I actually have them take digestive enzymes, betaine HCL and some bitters during the cleanse so that they're digesting better. Because what you want to make sure is happening is you want to make sure that you are breaking down your food and digesting that, but also breaking down any of the debris that is left over from killing the bugs. Now, the fifth thing is to start with the antimicrobials at half dose. So this is important and you don't want to rush. I have people ask me so often, but if I go quicker, wouldn't I be done quicker? And yes, I mean, in theory, that's true. If you take a higher dose, then you would be done with the bottles quicker. But this type of cleanse, it's really more of a marathon. It's not a race. It's not about who finishes first. You want to make sure that as you're killing off the bugs, you're able to actually excrete all of that debris and deal with the toxins that they release. In some situations, if someone is very toxic and has other toxins like potentially heavy metals, it might even be beneficial to do a liver type of support and a whole body cleanse first, get those channels of elimination open, and then do the GI cleanse. But either way, especially if you're sensitive or if you've had reactions before, if you take the dose that you need to take of the antimicrobials and cut it in half, you can do that for the first week and then slowly ramp it up. What I usually do in my practice is I combine a couple of different antimicrobials and I do them in synergistic formulas. As I was saying before, these bugs are very adaptive and so they can get used to things. So I find that it's not helpful to take one herb for the full six to eight weeks, which is typically the course, though for some people it could be as long as 12 weeks. So I usually do two or three formulas, sometimes four formulas, that will last about two weeks each. And then I would have someone take the first formula and then we rotate it after they're done with the second, which are going to have a different set of herbs and the third, and then possibly a fourth, depending on how long we need to do it. And so with that, I would have people start at half dose on the first formula. And then when they rotate to the second formula, two weeks later, I have them start slow on that too. Typically, by the time you get to the third and the fourth formula, we've already cleansed out a lot of bugs, so there's less left, and the body's more used to it, so you may be able to do the full dose, but if you're sensitive, you could start with half dose for each one of the rotational ones. And then the sixth thing to remember is you want to add a binder. So similar to liver and whole body cleansing, things like charcoal, clay, fulvic acid, they're going to be great and you can do them for the duration of the cleanse. Ideally, you would do those away from the cleansing agents. So typically we would take the cleansing agents and the antimicrobials a little bit before breakfast and a little bit before dinner, or sometimes if people take medication like thyroid medication and we want to keep things away from that in the morning, we would do it a little before lunch and a little before dinner, and then we would use the binder at bedtime. You do want to be sure that if you are taking thyroid medication, that you don't take any binders in the morning close to the medication because we don't want to bind that up. I follow these steps and protocols when I devise cleanses for my clients and customize them accordingly. However, you can still do this even if you're not working with someone directly. 
if you purchase a cleanse, make sure that it contains some of the support agents. And if it does not, you can get some of these digestive aids and binders separately and use it while you're doing the cleanse and following the diet recommendations. That is very, very important. There you have it. Now you know what these reactions are, why they happen, and steps that you could take to moderate them so that you can still get all the benefits of cleansing without all of the pain, well, at least with a lot less of it. Let's put it that way. I hope that these tips were helpful and you can utilize them the next time that you do a cleanse. And if you know someone that can use this information, please share this episode with them and be sure that you subscribe to the show so that you never miss a new episode because the next topic or next health mystery I cover could be something you or someone you love is dealing with right now. And remember, when it comes to your health issues, please don't give up. The answers are out there and there is hope. I'm Ina Toppler. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you next time on Health Mystery Solved. All information, content, and material on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider.